0: In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a very familiar passage of scripture I want to read to you today. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, is dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Now verse 2. Our home is eternal in the heavens, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our house which is from heaven now that makes me believe when he talks about our house he's talking about our new body that we're going to have a body that will live forever jesus proved it could be done jesus came out of the grave he went in the grave in a human body he came out of the grave in a resurrected body made for heaven and the body that he was in when he came out of the grave was all healed up from any wounds. And it was fit to live in the glory of God. The glory of God is such intense, bright light. The Bible says God is light. God is love. The Bible says that the, everything that was created was created out of God. You know, if you think about it, Even the greatest minds in science science are proving the Bible right. The more we break down particles, the more we realize that everything comes from light. God created light, and we are part of his light. Did you know that? You, having plugged into the power of God, are now part of his light. You channel his light to the world. Jesus said, you are the light unto the world, the salt of the earth. He said, be a city set on a hill, a light that shines in darkness. And one of these days, that light that's in you shall not die, but will be given a new house, not made with hands, but made by God. A resurrected body that can survive in the light of God and that will thrive in the presence of God forever. As God even recreates this planet for us to live on we're looking forward to that day and because of all of that we don't have to live in fear we have peace that passes all human understanding we have a comfort that can only come from him and it says we earnestly desire to be clothed with our house from heaven if so be that we are clothed we will not be found without a body The King James says naked, the interpretation is without a body. In other words, we're not going to have to live forever as a spirit. We're actually going to have a body. And we're going to live in that body just like we do now. For we, it says in verse 4, we are in this body, this tabernacle right now. And we groan, in other words, our spirit, our soul desires to live forever do you know everybody wants eternal life? everyone wants eternal life they may not want eternal life as it is now in fact a lot of people's life right now is very miserable. look at the suicide rate and how it's going up a lot of people when I think about problems in my life and I and you know I think about that too much probably I probably think about my problems too much but I look. And I see people that have a lot worse problems. You can always find somebody that has worse problems. I watched a little video, and this girl uh, uh, putting on her makeup. No, it wasn't Randy. But I watched that too. That was good. This little girl putting on her makeup had no arms. You see that? Some of y'all see that? She just puts that makeup on, combs her hair, brushes her teeth, puts her lipstick on, everything with her toes, holds her makeup with these toes and dips it, I mean, just like you would with your hands. Now, I see things like, I saw another video where a man had no arms, no legs, and he is moving around the house just about like a normal person would. It's difficult for me sometimes to understand how that is even possible but when i see that here's what i see i see this all things are possible with god and god can give us exactly what we need to live forever he can give us the kind of body that we need to live forever and he will and so it says in verse four it says in this we that are in this tabernacle yearn or groan being burdened not for that we would be we don't we're not looking to die is what that means it says it's not that we have a death wish to be unclothed or without a body but we're anxious to see what the next life is going to be like at the same time and he says clothed on that mortality might be swallowed up of life why is it that christians are all about life why is it that we fight so hard to protect life why is it that we fight for unborn babies so hard why is it that we fight for the lives of elderly and and the sick and the handicapped and why is it that we shut down everything because a virus might kill uh one or two percent of the population? Why? Because down deep inside, whether people realize it or not, the number one thing that God has given us is the desire for life. It is natural to defend life. It is unnatural to go against life. The Lord has given us an instinct to protect the lives of our children and ourselves Until that day that he gives us new life. Now, when I read that scripture, verse 4, it says, uh, this is how I read it. For me. It says, because I am in this old fat body, I feel burdened. Now, y'all don't have to uh, amen on that or anything. But maybe you can identify with sometimes your body (laughs) feels like a burden well, guess what? That burden's going to be lifted. That burden's going to be lifted. We're not going to have the restrictions of our body. Now, if I was in good a shape when I get to be uh, Jerry's age, if I was still in that good a shape, I might not feel so burdened. Didn't he do great? That was awesome. And Allison went out to Children's Church, but that was beautiful on the flute. Really, okay, Jerry, now the the secret's out. Cat's out of the bag. We're going to be looking for that more often. Our bodies can be a burden. But one of these days, the Lord is going to set us free. And we're going to live like him forever. I worship the Lord today. How about you? I praise God today. And I thank him for what he's got in our future. It goes on to say that God has given us the same thing. That's what verse 5 says. We're going to have a new body. Verse 6, therefore, we're always confident knowing that while we're living in this body, we're absent from the Lord. Now, that means we're not there in heaven with him. And so we say that in the reverse, don't we? We say for the Christian To be in this body is to be absent from the Lord. And it says in verse 7, very familiar passage of Scripture, we walk by faith and not by sight. That's true, isn't it? We are confident, I say, even willing to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. We are going to be absent from this body and present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that... Whether we're present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That's our goal. We want to be accepted by God in everything we say and do. We fall short of that very often. But that's our desire. That's our goal. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone receive the things done in his body, According to that, he is done, whether it be good or bad. You see, there's going to be a reward day someday. We're going to get to be in front of the Lord. And when we if we pleased the Lord in this life, we're going to be rewarded. And I'm looking forward to that. I don't I know I don't have near as many rewards coming as some people, but I I'm anxious to see what we do have and what I do have. I'm coveting the rewards of God today. I'm not perfect. I say things wrong, do things wrong. I've uh, never been perfect, never claimed to be perfect. I've had good times in my life and times where I wasn't as close to God as others. Can you identify with that? Times where maybe God seemed to be far away, but it was really me that was far away. And I'm just going to say there's going to be times I'm going to get to stand before God and he's going to say, you know, Randall, if you had done this like I told you, you would have received this great reward. But here's what you did receive, and I'm going to be thankful to get it. How about you? I'm going to be thankful to get heaven, no matter how many rewards and trophies. I want them all. It's a great thing to covet the rewards of God. And so what is death to us? To the non-Christian, it's fear. It's panic. It's almost hysteria. To the non-Christian, it is something that you deeply dread and is something that we can't even describe to the person that is lost without the Lord deep down. There are so afraid to die because of the darkness and the emptiness and folks, hell is real. Hell is real. Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven. He wanted us to warn people about hell. He didn't want the church to forget about hell. He wanted people to know that there is a place of torment. And that's where people go that reject Jesus Christ. And so, for the non-Christian, it's, it's horrible to think about death separated from God for eternity. But for the Christian, Philippians 1.21 says, To live is Christ and to die is gain. For the Christian, it says, We will receive eternal life with Jesus Christ. Heaven, where there will be no more crying, no more pain. Tears will be wiped from their eyes. For the Christian, death is to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Do you know, human beings are selfish, aren't we? We don't ever want to lose our loved ones. I love that song you sang. It's so important. Be so, you know, it's so important To love the people that God gives you because one day you'll want them back. We are selfish. It's part of our human nature. We're selfish. Just look at the aisles at the store and see how selfish people really are. Just look and see what happens when the chips are down. You see, human beings are naturally selfish and it's hard to overcome that. Even saved people, even Christians have to fight that but the bible says if you want to please god die to self and go god's way and today more and more people are learning that to go god's way means to die or to give up or to surrender selflessness selfishness to go his way instead of our own way grief is part of nature it's part of our nature we still grieve, even Christians. You know, I want to celebrate that my loved ones are in heaven, but I miss them. I miss them, you know. And I, when I die, I'd like for you all to celebrate that I'm in heaven, but don't celebrate too much. Somebody shed a tear a little bit. You know, it's human nature, but we need to remember what the Lord said. It's a great day when a saint enters into the kingdom of God. Death is when we should feel peace and joy as Christians. And death is what we should prepare ourselves for. Because we're all going to face, face it. You know, I, I'm one of these folks that I really do believe people should take care precautions to avoid spreading diseases i think we should i think it's wise you know what we may be learning a lot who knows when this is all said and done america might be the example for the whole world on how to stop the spread of of a deadly virus you know because one of these days there's going to be one come along that's not going to have a one or two percent death rate One of these days, one's going to come along that has a 90-some percent death rate. Maybe this is a trial run for us. Maybe we should be thankful for this trial run to get ready because it's not going to get better. These things are going to happen, and they're going to be worse, the Bible says. In fact, after the Christians are gone, the Bible says pestilence is And famine and disease will wipe out a third of the population on earth. And so I see that it's going to progress, but we should not live in fear. And I believe with all my heart that every single person in this room, first of all, I want to thank you for coming to church today. I mean, I knew the numbers would be down today, and that's all right. People need to do what they feel best. You know, you can tell my mother I talked about her in church. She stayed home. Why? Because she's hacking and coughing. She didn't want there to be a mass panic exodus. I saw a picture on Facebook of this airplane and all the people on top of it in midair. Said one person sneezed in the plane. So we can have fun, we can laugh, but at the same time, be wise and be ready. I'm not preaching this morning about being ready for the coronavirus. I'm preaching about being ready for eternity. Because that's the one thing that will happen to every single person. One hundred percent will deal with that. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Because you're going to meet him. So am I. I have some regrets. I'll probably do some things in the future that I regret. But one thing I'll never regret is placing my eternal soul in the hands of Jesus Christ. I'll never regret that. He is our healer, He is our Savior, He is our deliverer, He is our King. I'm going to close with this. You know, I'm, I'm a prophecy teacher. Always have been. Always will be. Has anyone else thought about this? How this crisis that really has only killed a handful of people. How overnight the government can take over. Has that crossed your mind? I mean, Overnight. We're truly living in the end times. The Lord may return any day or we may be taken home and meet him that way. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Would he say, come on in, you're one of mine? Or would he have to say, depart from me? You never gave your life to me. That's a decision only you can make. But we're going to close the service today asking everybody to pray. Whoever wants to come to this altar, I'd love for you to come to the altar. If you want to pray wherever you are, if you want to kneel where you are. You see, I believe in the supernatural, miraculous power of the prayers of the church. You know what? I I honestly believe that this little crowd right here in Union Valley, Oklahoma, may pray the prayer that stops the coronavirus. I believe that. That's no exaggeration. I believe it.